0: This is Pastor Phil and typically my wife Meredith and I have a monthly conversation around the topic of what it means to have a resilient faith in our life. And many of the different topics and conversations that we have come from suggestions from people just like you who have suggestions on things that they want to hear about. And so we love hearing from you via email and social and and love having an opportunity to connect with you. And so I wanna encourage you, if you haven't yet, make sure that you like, share, subscribe. Of course, make sure that you let somebody know about this conversation today, if it is a blessing to you. Today's conversation is a continuation of a conversation that we started some months ago around the topic of parenting. Recently, I was down in Dallas, Texas for a men's conference. And during that time, I had such a wonderful time connecting with different guys, talking around the significance of fathers in our community, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our nation as a whole, and how the success of all these different areas is in so many ways impacted by the role of effective, healthy, active, engaged fathers. And so whether you are a father or not, whether you are a male or a female, I believe that this is a life-giving conversation as I took time to discuss the role of fatherhood with Vince DeCaro as a part of the Carenet team. I hope that this conversation is a blessing to you. Tune in and enjoy the conversation that we had about fatherhood today. Well, great. I am here with Vince DeCaro, who is a part of the CareNet team. Vince, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I had a great opportunity of seeing you from a distance at a recent conference that I was at in Dallas, Texas. Uh, but I would love it if you would share a little bit about yourself and what role you hold at CareNet.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm the Chief Outreach Officer at CareNet. I've been with the organization for about eight and a half years now um and so i oversee our marketing and communications and development departments there uh at the organization um and you know i i for the 12 uh so i've like i said eight and a half years at at carenet but for the 12 years prior to that i had actually worked at an organization called national fatherhood initiative and so um you know kind of working on this issue of strengthening institutions of marriage and responsible fatherhood and um that was the first time in a sort of a com- professional capacity that i came across the life issue and kind of seeing the importance and and how the issues around the family and the strength or lack thereof of the family certainly have a have a huge factor to play in the life issue and so started sort of you know working on at least indirectly on the life issue long before i uh came to karna and so now it's been i guess eight and a half years officially working on that but it's always been sort of part of my my world. Yeah. Well,
0: wonderful. And I, I know yeah. that uh, you know you care much about ensuring that the the issue of life is not something that's relegated to a demographic or to a a population, but that the issue of life is something obviously that's relevant to all of us because Absolutely. it affects all of us. And so it's not just a, a conversation for mothers or for women or for children, but for fathers as well. So I'd, I'd love it if you would share a little bit about why you care about reaching fathers. Was it something that happened in your life or, or just something that has drawn you to this demographic as a whole?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I don't know if there's a single moment, so to speak, that I can point to that said, you know, that was that was the moment when I decided I need to work on the fatherhood issue. Um, I, I think it sort of it was something I always cared about. I always understood sort of intrinsically the importance of strong families. Um, I think anyone who's sort of, you know, being honest with themselves and kind of looking at the data and looking at the structure of <laughs> our, our society would, would should know that strong families are absolutely critical. Um, but I think, you know, where the, where the disagreement, I believe, has probably happened over the last 50 years is, well, what's a strong family? Uh, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> so I think most people would say, yes, we need strong families, but then you start to talk about, well, what's a strong family? And you get a million different answers. Um, right, right. But from, from you know, and I've always had this perspective, if you sort of look biblically and just in terms of, frankly, the social science data, um, it's pretty clear that there are particular kinds of families that uh, certainly produce the best outcomes for children. Um, and at the end of the day, that's really what we should be shooting for, right? Creating creating a the environments in which children can thrive um, and, and just do well in life, but obviously for adults as well. What are the kinds of family structures that lead to you know the high, the highest you know potential well-being and thriving for adults as well? Um, and the data has been pretty clear that when you know a mother and father are married to each other and raising their own you know children together, um, that on average those families tend to tend to do the best across you know every social economic psychological behavioral um uh measure of well-being and so um so i didn't obviously know all of that when i was you Mm. know a teenager or in my early 20s or whatever but i was fortunate enough to see a job opening for an organization called the national fatherhood initiative uh about 20 years ago actually now and uh i you know fortunately was able to get that job and i guess the rest as they say is history so it's been 20 years that i've been sort of in this family strengthening world and um you know once i was at national fatherhood initiative it didn't take long for me to realize just how absolutely critical it was for the well-being of our nation frankly to get this whole marriage and father thing fatherhood thing right um and so that's that's really what i've dedicated my career to yeah
0: Well, I think it's such a noble cause. And and like you said,
1: there's study after study and statistic
0: after statistic that talks about how significant the role of fathers is in in a child's life. And I I know that I I grew up in a, a two parent household. My wife grew up in a two parent household. Our children are growing up in two parent households. And so we see directly and personally the advantage that that would give in life. It doesn't matter what what statistic you look at or what sector you look at, whether it's uh, school success or whether it's, um, you know, heading towards incarceration or uh, job success, career advancement, all of those kind of things heavily, heavily impacted by the role of an active engaged father in a, in a child's life. So, but, but I think like you just mentioned, th- there's so many different definitions around what a, what a healthy family structure might look like. When you talk about an active father or an engaged father in a child's life, how do you define that? What are some of the measurables that you look for there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's this old saying, and I, I don't know who takes credit for it, but it's a good one. It's you, you know, children, it. yeah, I'll, yeah, it's mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 children spell love T I M E, right? Mm. So spending time with your kids is like kind of the like you got to start there, right? Um, you know, you need to be able to spend, and, and it's not like, I think there's, we've kind of created a myth in our culture around quality time. And I think, I think cultures create things like quality time when they realize that they're actually unable to spend a quantity of time. (laughs) So they say, well, we can't actually like, I can't actually spend a lot of time with my kids, so I'll make up this thing called quality time. So even if I only spend like you know five minutes with them a day, I'll make those a really great five minutes, and that'll make up for the fact that I've been gone, you know. Um, and so you know, there's certain there certainly are ways of spending your time better <laughs> than there- than others. Uh, but generally speaking, the, the the amount of time that parents are engaged with their children makes makes a difference, and dads need to be there. They need to be involved, and so that's kind of where I would start, right? But then. Uh, you know, I think the three words that we sort of, I don't know, I, I suppose coined at National Fatherhood Initiative that I think are a, real, a great guidepost are involved, responsible, and committed. Like, you know, fa- a good father is going to be involved, responsible, and committed. Because you could be one or two of those things and not all three, and you might not really fully get the, the whole picture there. And so being all three of those things, I think, is is really critical. And then, you know, I guess I, guess I like things that come in, in threes. Because another, I think, guidepost I think for dads is this idea of you know dads need to provide nurture and guide right so good mm-hmm. dads provide you know that's that could be economically material physically uh, they, they nurture which is obviously an incredibly important thing children need a father's love a father's love and a mother's love are different um, they're unique they come across differently they're expressed differently and those things are just critical for child development and child well-being. Um, And then they guide, right? I think fathers need to be there to provide sort of that guidance, you know, Um, in general terms, fathers tend to be the parent that sort of exposes their child to the larger outside world and all the risks and craziness that sort of come with that. Um, Obviously, mothers and fathers can do both of those things. Um, But on average, fathers tend to be the ones who, when they are doing that right, it can make an, an enormous difference. And the way a child kind of views the world and engages with the outside world as they start to kind of get into that age where it becomes important for that to do that, to sort of leave the nest, so to speak. Yeah. You just said
0: something that I think is so interesting, and it makes me think about the, the fact that our role as fathers has changed. I mean, mm-hmm. the, our, our careers have changed over time. Our role in the family has changed over time. But you just talked about how part of the of our responsibilities as a father is to to provide and also to nurture. Mm -hmm. And when I speak with with people who would be maybe our grandparents' age, you know, baby boomers and and beyond, I, I I have come to learn that back 50, 60, 70 years ago, the role of a father was not necessarily seen to be. A nurturer. It was. Yeah. I'm going to provide for my family, and then that's the woman's role: is to mm-hmm. nurture and to raise the children. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting, you know, being a part of an incredibly diverse community with people from many nations, having conversations with with many people from different countries that have have shared. Being a father in America is different than being a father in Nigeria or India or Pakistan, because. Uh, because the values are placed different, there's there's cultural differences, and obviously, like I shared, historical. So, I'd be interested in, in if you could share and maybe speak to some of that. How have you seen the role of fathers change over time?
1: Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. And, but I think kind of bringing in that sort of like multi generational and multicultural sort of perspective into that into it could be very helpful because you know I think when we think, I think in general, you're right in that you know in at least in mid-20th century American culture, the expectation of a father being a nurturer wasn't necessarily there. And so that's a change that we've kind of experienced. But if you go back even further than that, you'll actually see that the role of a father as a nurturer actually was prominent in American culture in the 19th century. Uh, parent, parenting manuals in the 19th century, century were actually written for fathers. Um, so there was an expectation that fathers were actually doing a majority of the sort of teaching and guiding and child rearing, obviously, you know, some of the more, I guess, traditional nurturing things you know well certainly certain things can't be done by fathers right uh <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh there's biological limitations there right sure um, right but uh but yeah i mean fa- so i think these things ebb and flow over time even with within a culture and then I've, and then like you said like you know we think that me you know in the 1930s american fathers were disciplinarians and providers and they weren't nurturing but i mean that doesn't mean that in the 1930s in i don't know australia pakistan china like I, you know i don't it could have very well not been the case there, right? And so, um, so I think you know we have to just kind of think about this more broadly and think of you know universal sort of principles and frankly, you know, biblical principles that should guide the way fathers, you know, kind of create the the the, the paradigm or the guideposts in terms of how they're supposed to you know behave towards children in terms of what their children need, right? Um, rather than kind of trying to limit it to. You know, well, my grandparents said this. Um, so that means that I shouldn't be doing that, right? Um, so we got to look at, you know, look at different cultures, look at, you know, different um, different time periods. And of course, the thing that never changes is the guidance that the Bible itself can obviously provide for us uh, in terms of what what children need from their dads. And so I think that's where uh, that's where guys can really get the inspiration that they need. Um, to sort of break away maybe from some stereotypes or to break away from, you know, preconceived notions about what's expected of them.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up the inclusion of of a faith element into the conversation. You know, from, from our faith perspective, we know that God wants people to thrive. We know that part of the success of the child and the family unit as a whole is to have strong, healthy, engaged, active fathers, like what we've been talking about. And so if a key ingredient in the success of not just a family, but a community as a whole, is to have healthy men, healthy fathers in the conversation, if if that's a key ingredient, then, uh, then it makes sense that that's part of what the enemy would go after, would attack to try and bring down a society, a community, a nation is to attack the role of the father. So how are you seeing that play itself out um, in, you know, in different conversations? And what would you say are some of the biggest threats that you see in the role of fathers today?
1: Yeah, you know, I I thought about this one for a little bit when you when you presented that question to me. And I think what it really boils down to, at least, you know, in terms of like the immediate thing, and then there are things that have caused this immediate thing to happen. But the immediate factor, I think, is the decay of marriage. Um, you know, marriage is the societal glue that, that has traditionally tied fathers or bo- bonded fathers to their children, right? In fact, in a lot of ways, if you kind of look cross-culturally over human history, <laughs> really the purpose of marriage is actually to tie to tie fathers and mothers to a degree, but more to make sure that fathers stay involved in their children's lives. That's one of the primary functions of marriage across history and across cultures. Um, So when marriage starts to decline, the frequency of marriage, the quality of marriages, the value that our society puts on marriage, the first thing that goes is the quality of fatherhood. Um, So we've absolutely seen that. Now we could probably talk for 10 hours about why marriage (laughs) has declined in general in our culture. There's obviously cultural issues there. There are economic factors that have played into that. But I I think we have to sort of look at those two things together. If we want to restore fatherhood, we have to be simultaneously working to restore the institution of marriage um, because marriage is the cultural institution that ties fathers to their children.
0: Yeah, well, it's great. And it certainly is one of the key ways that the that, that God demonstrates his love for the world is how you know man and mm-hmm. woman reflect their love with each other within the confines of marriage of course and so right uh, I so mean if yeah, you look I at think...
1: if yeah I was going to say if you look at just the birth of Christ himself um God made sure that uh, that Jesus was was raised by a married mother and father Mary and Joseph um you know and, and we we, we we talk about this we talk about joseph a lot at kiranet <laughs> uh cuz he's sort of like the 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 unsung hero in a lot of ways of of christ's story and even the the you know the christmas story we've even seen christmas cards with without joseph in there it's just mary and the baby jesus or where wow. joseph is sort of like almost blacked out and you can't see his face and you but you see mary and, and the baby jesus you know in the cards or whatever and so but you know, it was obviously a very inten- – everything God does is intentional, right? Everything God does is done for a purpose, and typically that purpose is to show us how to live, right? Sure. Um, and so when God sent an angel, angel to Mary to announce the birth of Christ, um, he also sent that same angel to Joseph as well to tell Joseph to be a husband to Mary first. That was the first thing that the angel mentioned, be a husband to Mary and a father to Jesus in that order, right? Very interesting, right? I mean this is the Christ child we're talking about. Sure. But wouldn't wouldn't God make sure the angel says first thing you need to say is that this is the savior of the world and he needs to be a father to that child. Nope. The angel said, first, you need to be a husband to marry. Interesting. Right. Things in order in the Bible is very important. And um, so I think just looking at Christ, the story of Christ, Christ himself, we can kind of see how God has modeled for us that that model of marriage between a man and a woman and the critical role that plays in, in the raising of children. That's deep right there. That's, uh, <laughs> we went deep. That's, Uh-oh. <laughs> that's some that's some good Sunday preaching right there. Oh I man. appreciate well, those thoughts. I'm very blessed to be working at an organization like CareNet, where we we really reflect on these things and we really try to make sure that we're using scripture as our guide for everything that we do. And our president and CEO, Roland Warren, is a very gifted individual when it comes to sort of pulling these sorts of lessons from scripture that you might not necessarily have seen there before. Um right. and so um all of us at Karenet are really blessed to sort of hear these sorts of things on a regular basis and then be able to sort of build build our work off of those principles. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, I know that you're you're uh privileged to be
0: connected to someone like him and and I I certainly feel very privileged to be connected to a lot of the people that have gone before me, including my, my own father. And I, I know mm. how, how significant, like I mentioned, from a personal level, the role of, of an actively engaged, healthy father is and has been in my life, not just my biological father, but my father-in-law as well from the mm. family that I have married into. Mm. Uh, and I, like you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation it doesn't really matter what statistic or demographic or sector you look at fathers impact all of it right for the better or yep. for the worse and so it, i think it's it's easy and and it's a privileged position to sit here and say yes you know fathers are important in in society but if someone didn't have that same experience if they're listening today and they maybe missed out on the opportunity of connecting with biological father or a fatherly role model in life. We see so many times that history repeats itself and cycles happen generationally. What would you say to the person that is a part of this conversation uh, that's asking the question, I don't want to be like the father that I had growing up and I want to change that situation. What can they do about it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, scripture is a great place to start, as I said, and sort of just seeing that God's design for family has always included the father playing a central, critical, important uh, role. And so that should, you know, sort of give us heart to say, you know, to not, to not have to worry about what our culture says, because certainly if you sort of look out into our culture in general, at large, you're not really going to find a whole lot of inspiration (laughs) necessarily (laughs) to be a great dad. Um, Our culture has sort of relegated fathers to sort of being optional Um, in a lot of, in a lot of cases, I don't even think we can necessarily agree what a father is anymore, frankly, in Mm. our culture or a mother for that matter. I think parenthood, parenting in general is under, is under attack. And so for fathers to sort of, who haven't necessarily had a good father in their life to seek that sort of inspiration or modeling from our culture right now, I don't think is necessarily the best strategy Um, but I think you could still certainly find other role models and, you know, men, you know, within the church or within some, some institution or cultural institution that you trust, uh, to sort of provide that sort of mentorship, instruction, inspiration around what a good father should look like. Um, and certainly in the church, you could, hopefully you can, you can find that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, those are the places to go. There, there are certainly, you know, and despite the fact that our culture, generally speaking, is not, is not great around the fatherhood issue, that doesn't mean that there's zero inspiration that you could take. You know, there are certainly lots of really good resources out there that are available to men to help them understand just how important father involvement is in child development. You know, there's an organization, like I said, that I work for called National Fatherhood Initiative that has a lot of great resources on that. Um, so it's out there if you, if you look for it. Um, and so I, I, think that's where, where dads need to turn, but, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I think the, the best place to start is always kind of like looking at God's word and seeing, you know, that we, that we, us dads matter, uh, to God, who of course is our father. And, uh, that's, uh, you know, you can't find a better starting place than that. I think
0: that's great. So let me let me flip the question on you. Last question I'm going to ask you is um, about to flip the question and and ask you if, if there is someone who um, who wants to be doing more in the conversation. They're sitting here today, listening and saying, "Look, I get all of this. Um, I want to make a difference in the lives of those that are around me." Um, what would you say are like
1: active, active, practical, mm-hmm. tangible
0: things that they can be doing? Um, that's going to change the lives for other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think from the most basic level, you know, it would be to be intentional about mentoring, you know, younger men in your circle of influence who, even if they're not yet fathers, um, you know, talking to them about, or at least being an example to them in an intentional way about the importance of marriage and responsible fatherhood. Um, living, you know, living that out, but also being intentional about speaking that into their lives as well. So, you know, being available as a mentor, a a role model for folks within your church, but if you want to, but then, you know, uh, there are ways to sort of formalize that, um, you know, in terms of different programs and approaches that are out there, um, you know, certainly from the perspective of the life issue, you know, Karenette, you know, has a program available called making life disciples that can help folks in the church, uh, sort of, create a team of first responders to work with women and men in the church who are facing an unplanned pregnancy. So we've, we, our research that we did a couple of years ago found that um, among men whose partner had an abortion, half of those men, pretty much, I think it was actually 51%, so almost exactly half of the men in the study whose partner had an abortion, were attending church regularly, at least once a month at the time of their partner's abortion. And the, um, the, uh, on the women's side, we also did the same study of women a few years before that. And about 40% of women, so four in 10 women were attending church regularly at the time of their first abortion. So whether we want to believe it or not, there are quite a few abortions happening within the church. Of course. And yeah, and it's, it's a, it's a harsh reality. It's kind of the log in our eye, so to speak. Um, but it's an opportunity right it's an opportunity for men in the church to say you know what i want to make sure that if a if a man or a woman in this church is facing an unplanned pregnancy the the local abortion clinic should never feel like a safer alternative than this church and we're going to train ourselves and prepare ourselves to be ready to receive and look out for and care for those people when they face that situation that they they that they'll know that we are here for them to help them walk through that difficult situation um, so that they don't have to go through that, that situation. So making life disciples, as I said, is a program that allows you to, to, to do that. Um, And then if you're just, if you're just interested, if you're a a man in in the church, you're a dad and you're just interested in focusing on, you know, the fatherhood piece, um, the fatherhood commission and national fatherhood initiative are organizations that offer great tools and resources to help dads, um, help other dads, uh, in, in those, in those situations. So that's where I think dads can start to, to kind of put their passion into action.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Great resources. And, you know, as you've been, been talking about some of the key characteristics of what make up a a good father and actively engaged father, you know, you've been using this word intentional, it it, it makes me think of a book that I was recommended and read recently called literally the intentional father. Uh, It's great, great book by John Tyson. And so if you haven't read it yet, highly recommend it. It goes through um, how to be that, that type of intentional figure in your child's life to be uh, remembering, celebrating and engaged in uh, milestones throughout a child's life. And uh, and mm. how to raise young boys and, and young girls and to be everything that God has created for them to be such that's, a key uh, important conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lo- I love that. That, that's uh that sounds like a, that sounds like a great book. Yeah. And being, being intentional is super important and, and it actually reminded me of uh, you know, Dr. Tony Evans has written some really great books. Uh, the kingdom man is one of them, Of course, you know, kind yeah. of living with, living with purpose and intentionality timeless. Um, Great stuff. Exactly. And so those, those are really great sources of inspiration for for men and for fathers.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit of your day with me today
1: And, and always great to connect with you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate it.
0: Well, wasn't that such a great conversation with Vince DeCaro as we dialogue about what it means to be a father and how we can be actively engaged in our children's lives? I hope that that has been a blessing to you and that you have been empowered today and what it means to have an active, resilient faith in your life. If this bonus cast is a blessing, please make sure that you like, share, subscribe, share the news with somebody that's close to you today. And we look forward to connecting with you real soon on this Cornerstone Church bonus cast. God bless you.